0: Everything's under control, situation
1: normal. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 2 of the Florida Man Plays X-Wing podcast. Uh, today I got my co-host Joe LaPorta with me. What up? What's up Joe? I thought you had a catchphrase. What was the catchphrase?
2: Oh well, no, we have to all be in first. We have oh, to like okay. do all our call signs first. You know, you gotta do like Red 5 reporting oh. and, then, and then you have to do the Ziggy Zoggy.
1: Okay, okay, alright. All right, and then I, I, we have another guest with us today, um, Carlos Ramirez, who's going to be kind of a co-host. Uh, he may be in and out, but you know he's going to be here as much as he can. So, Carlos?
0: Hi, hi, everybody. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, no problem.
2: So, uh, I've, I've decided that we need to have traditions since we're like still in the early phase of this. We get to make up traditions as if like we had done them the whole time. So, I think we're going to do a catchphrase. I think the catchphrase is going to be dials down and bottoms up. <laughs> Steve, what you drinking over there, buddy?
1: I have a uh, Hanukkah past the Beer from the Schmaltz Brewing Company, a dark ale brewed with chocolate. How you liking it on the scale of one to ten? Um, I give this probably a seven. It's pretty oh, good. It's not bad. Yeah, it's pretty
2: that's good. It's not bad. I've got a uh, I've got an Ivory Stout, White Stout from Brew Link uh, from Steve's fridge. Um, <laughs> this is Steve's beer, although he's not getting it back. Uh, Carlos, what you drinking, man?
0: I'm being boring tonight and drinking water. Oh. Ah, drink it's water good for tonight. your voice.
2: Good radio voice. <laughs> That's professionalism right there. I like it. So we got a lot to talk about, guys. Um, we actually have a lot to talk about because we've only done one other episode. So we have like the entire breadth of all other X-Wing to discuss. Anything we didn't say on last week's episode is like fair game now. <laughs> yeah, right. But I feel like we should narrow it down to start. Steve, yeah. what you want to start with? Well,
1: we're going to start with um, actually yesterday. The uh, From what we talked about a little bit on our first podcast was what Joe was getting ready for and what we were... Know getting him a list that he could play with was uh, the Wave One Championship tournament that we played at our local Cool Stuff Games uh, yesterday.
2: Cool Stuff Games in Jacksonville, Florida, over on Beach yeah. Boulevard. Check them out on the web at CoolStuffInc.com or yeah. go to your local store if you're lucky enough to be in Florida with all the
1: crazy folk. Yeah. So Gosh, uh, yeah, right? <laughs> no, no. See, they don't actually sponsor the show, but if they're listening, they should. Yeah. Uh, Carlos was actually uh, here with us yesterday. He's not from Jacksonville. He's from uh, Central Florida area, Melbourne. Made um, so that nice two-hour drive. Yeah, that nice two-hour drive. But he came up and uh, and played, um, and we will be reciprocating and going back down to his st- local store in Melbourne in a couple weeks for their Wave 1 championship. Now, when's your Wave 1 championship?
0: January 26th. Okay, so that's a Saturday, be... right? Yep. Yeah, January uh, 26th. Correct, yeah.
2: So and what time do you guys Western think you're going to get started Florida? for everybody that wants to go down there and try it?
0: I think uh, we're doing registration at 11. Dolls down at 12.
2: Very nice. Very nice. So are you running that tournament, or are you going to be just playing in it?
0: Oh, I'll, I'll definitely be I'll be running the joint.
2: Fair enough. Are you going to compete as well? Or?
0: Yes, absolutely. All
2: right. Well, good deal. Good deal. So we had our one yesterday. Now, Steve, did you win yesterday?
0: I did not win, no.
2: Carlos, did you win yesterday? Mm.
0: Not
1: even close. <laughs> no, no.
2: Fair enough. I was almost at 500. I was one game out of 500, so <laughs> I almost met my goal. Yeah. But um, the list that we talked about last week, I played Boba Fett. I played Pay Lob, I played a four-alarm list, and I liked it. the The game that I got to play was pretty, pretty competitive. It looked worse at the end than it was because I discovered a lot of things that I wasn't expecting to discover. Things that really did come out of left field because there were some things I thought you know things that don't so much you don't discover but you reinforce and those things didn't so much happen the things that hit me kind of hit me from left field x wings are really really good <laughs> and unrecognizably good
1: yeah they're not like the 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 1.0 counterparts they've they've i mean they, they are a little bit more like the ones towards the end of 1.0 that you didn't play with or against because you know things like integrated s foils and the integrated Astromech um uh, were things that existed at the end of of wing 1.0 that they kind of just brought over with 2.0 because they they just they they buffed the overall power level of the x wings they did they did and x wing is the name of the game so that made total sense
2: now there was a few things that they they had going for them that didn't see coming um and I'm gonna look at my lack of preparation as a real problem here because I was told about a bunch of other lists and nobody told me kind of about. The most basic list, which is the X-Wing and the X-Wing minis game, right? Yeah. They barrel roll now.
1: <laughs> yeah. And they boost. <laughs> yes.
2: And they regen, And well, they're tougher than they used to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was using R2. He had R2-D2 on Luke, right? He actually had three R2s.
2: He had R2-D2 on Luke. And there's a generic R2 also oh, that yeah. does something similar, but only does it twice, I believe.
1: Yeah. It's a little more limited than the regular R2. Uh,
2: I did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was
1: scary. Yeah, um, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a thing. I mean that 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 list that he played. So he was playing um, uh, Luke Wedge and a uh, I guess a rookie X-wing pilot. Or it was yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, whatever
2: used to be called a rookie, but I think it's called something else now. Oh yeah, whatever. It's like Blue Squadron
1: Escort, I think, oh, yeah, or yeah. something. Similar. Yeah, the two the two pilots go one. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was. I mean, it's it, X-wings are definitely a little tankier than they used to be. They've got a little more health. Um, they've got. You know the boosts and the barrel rolls that they can do with the S foils, and um, so they they definitely have some different options to them, like than what they can p- used to have. And, and Luke, especially Luke's uh, ability is is uh, particularly tanky when combined with regenning.
2: Yeah, Luke's ability was interesting because he was also doing the thing. It's um supernatural aim i'm sure i'm butchering that name but it's something that it's basically dead eye from the original yeah it's like a force
1: related dead eye it's it's a force only upgrade that um that is basically like dead eye yes
2: but let him just use those two force to like the two the two force that he has built in you know he regens one a turn and he regens any other ones from shooting at him and he just used those constantly yeah that was something i had to sort of Deal with and figure out, which I didn't successfully do. He yeah, he whooped the pants off me. Now you played him so also, are ta- right?
0: Are you talking about instinctive aim? Yeah, it's the one where aim. he can use the force, uh, and ignore the focus or target lock.
1: Or, yeah, he can ignore the target lock requirement for for miss for tor- torpedoes or munitions.
2: Yeah, which was really more effective. I thought, Carlos, how much does that cost? Do you know off the top of your head? Two points. It's that's only two really points, cheap. really. Yep. That seems cheap, Well, I guess that's the same as dead eye was. But I mean Deadeye got nerfed, so maybe. I don't know.
1: Yeah, but it's only I mean, it's it's only usable on force user ships. So it's 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 not nearly with torpedoes. Yeah, it's it's with torpedoes. So it's not nearly as ubiquitous Can you do it with missiles too
2: or just torpedoes?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah anything that has a requirement.
1: Yeah, anything that has a target lock requirement. Hmm. So
2: So he actually I mean he made use of his two force every turn. It was really weird. Like yeah. and it was only specifically weird because the build that we talked about last week, I had I had Calculate on all three of my ships. I In fact, I had double Calculate on Boba Fett. And all the games I played yesterday, I never actually turned a die with Calculate. Yeah. I was shocked and amazed by that. But it brings up one other point I think is relevant. Man, dice are back in a big way. hmm Like, I don't know. Carlos, did you have any games where, like, dice felt finicky or, like, impactful?
0: Absolutely, I. The list that I was flying yesterday only had one of the three ships have a target lock action, so blanks were just not something I wanted to see with the other ships. I couldn't do anything with them, so um, obviously, not having those double modifications can really hurt you.
2: Well, it was weird too. Is it was the, you actually hit a good point there because not having the double modifications felt extra bad because. It felt like the times I took a target lock, I rolled a bunch of eyeballs, and the times I rolled, you know, a bunch of blanks, or I'm sorry, the bunch of times I'd roll, and the times I would focus, I'd hit a bunch of blanks. Like, it was weird going back to that feeling of whatever you picked was wrong.
0: Yeah. That wave two feeling?
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. You have to remember, I only really remember things up to wave two. I I've mostly alkaheimra away, like, all those other <laughs> memories, so, like... The only things I can actually remember is like winning a tournament with the uh, double fire sprays and a doom shuttle like that's my baseline
1: <laughs> yeah the uh, yeah the dice are dice are definitely I mean modifications and, and action economy is at an absolute premium in 2.0 especially just because of what we're used to from from the from the second half of 1.0 where everything just got kind of uh, crazy where it felt like you were double modifying uh, basically every shot so um, yeah, it's definitely a big difference that uh, you have to get used to with, with
2: 2.0. Well, I had the I had the time and the opportunity to observe a lot of the games going on around me um, in this tournament. And what I found out was if it had been just me, I think I would have been affected by a bias where you sort of look at your own dice and you say, you know, these either really went my way or they didn't. And that's a thing that you do. But I got to watch um, our friend Gage played a list which had the Upsilon Shuttle in it. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I don't know which pilot it is, but it lets him coordinate, like, three times. I think, yeah, is, is it Hux? It, no, it, Tavison um, was the pilot, Lieutenant Tavison.
2: But he put down, like, three focuses and fired with all of those ships, and none of them rolled a single eyeball. And, like, yeah. watching him get crushed by that was his... Not hysterical, because it was heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah it was somewhere in between hysterical and heartbreaking. Yeah. Somewhere in that middle
1: middle range there. Yeah. I mean, those the, the X-Wings are... You know, especially the way he was flying them was just. That was very direct. You know, I, I played against him too, and he ended up, he ended up beating me too, and because uh, we were basically playing for second place in our in, in the fourth round, and um, he, uh, you know, it was it was a, and it's the way he played. He just played him. He played to their strengths really, which is jousting, and um, you know, I probably should have done a better job of not letting him do that, but uh, I didn't. I don't think I expected him to be quite as direct in his play style as, uh, as he was.
2: Well, it's interesting to hear you say that because I actually, after the game, wished I had gotten to you know run that one back and just joust him. With the list I had, I felt like that would have been the smart play, whereas I tried to get clever about it, and there's an old trick that always helped me back in the day where you sort of, you force your opponent to fly through the asteroids. You mm-hmm. know, You always want to set up your opening engagement where they have to come through the asteroids, and it's an old trick I used to do all the time because people used to be kind of I won't use bad, but inexperienced at flying. Yeah. Where if you force them to come through the asteroids, if you didn't get them to land on a rock and wreck their day, you at least got a good indication of how good they were at flying, You know how close they cut it, how confident they felt, how how eagerly and how easily they, they moved through that asteroid field. Sort of told you what kind of opponent you were playing against, right? Yeah. It's like our man Travis always says, you know, you... you c- you always have to estimate your opponent. You don't want to overestimate them. You know, if the right if the right move is to zig, they're gonna zig. Mm-hmm. You don't want to underestimate them. If the right move is to zig, they're gonna zig. You should never operate under the assumption that they're gonna do a suboptimal thing or overthink it. They're always gonna do the optimal thing, right? Yeah. If you know what they're gonna do, but like I had set up caddy, you know, an opposite corners from him and tried to lure him through the asteroid field. And he really just had none of that, and just skirted around the outside, and then flipped the board and came at me from the side. Yeah. And whooped the
1: bejesus out of me! Yeah. It was kind of disheartening. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was one of those things. Like, I, like, I probably haven't played a triple X wing against one yet. Um, and it was uh, you know, and I've even I've played a fair amount of two point games, but um, probably still not as much practice as I'd like to have at this point. But um, it, yeah, they were definitely um. Uh, much more of a pain in the ass to deal with than I, uh, I expected. So, and the last thing I'll throw on the note of
2: um, how you gauge your opponent's skill level, one thing that really uh, ear must for everybody at home dicked me hard <laughs> was uh, that I've played this player, the kid that we played, uh, Maddie. Yeah, I play him in Destiny all the time, and he's very new at Destiny, and has a very weak collection, so really kind of plays whatever he can throw together. And we've been running the table on him for weeks, so I sort of assumed in X-Wing he was the same kind of player. <laughs> and gosh, was I wrong. He was way better than me. It just stomped the crap out of me, so yeah, shout well, out to him.
1: Well, I was talking to him afterwards, because that was like actually the first time I'd met him, and he had, uh, you know, he, had his, he had played during 1.0, and he had actually sold his collection off at some point, and then decided to get back in now with 2.0 coming out, because it's just kind of a good entry point. All he owns is the core set and a, and a couple of X-Wing expansions. He just bought what he needed to build that list. Really?
2: And he owned with it. So I guess it's one of the strengths of A the game and B two that like you can
1: specialize oh, and yeah. still do well. I, and actually that's what I kinda what I liked about it is this was it was a it was a great example. I mean he ended up coming in second and it was a great example of just that you can with X Wing go out and spend, you know, sixty, fifty, sixty bucks to get a core set and an expansion or something like that. And it you know, if you know if you you can build the list that you wanna play and you can do well with it, you don't have to buy absolutely every single thing that's come out you know i mean granted a lot of people do that i do that um but you got to support my deadbeatism so you know that helps (laughs) well you know i just i just don't want to have to like be on a. don't want to have to be on a tournament day or whatever i'm trying to figure out what list i want to play i don't ever want to be restricted by what i actually own so i just i just get it when it comes out but you know and most people are and a lot of people are like that but you know you don't have to be so you, you can kind of pick and pick something and pick and choose something you really want to do and just get that stuff and go with it and, and you can have a good time and do well at a tournament with it. So, so Carlos, especially how it-
0: now, uh, with the fact that you don't need to have upgrades from the cross factions if you want to fly one faction, you can yeah. just buy those ships and those expansions. Mm-hmm. No one so thing it I makes know- it really good to have those entries where you don't have to pick. Uh, specific expansion packs to buy.
2: Yeah, one of the things I noticed is that different factions tended to lean on their faction-specific upgrades this time. Like Carlos, I watched your game. You you were, you were oh, I'm sorry, you didn't have fanaticism. It was Steve had fanaticism, had fanaticism, and, fanaticism. and then uh, Gage yeah. had it too. Yeah. Now, what do the Imperials have that the other ones don't? Is there an EPT
1: that's their bread and butter? There's just ruthless. Yeah. It's I haven't really. It
0: doesn't get used a whole lot. Yeah. Um, no. It's it's pretty close to the same way that it used to be. Is that the one that does a uh, splash damage or
2: something? Yeah, but it's not optional. Yeah. Oof,
0: gross. Yeah, that's correct, and it can hurt one of your ships or one of the opponent's ships. Yeah,
2: can it even hurt you if you're the only ship at range one? That is correct. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, god, that's
0: terrible.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's a little it's got a rough drawback to it, which I think makes it probably why you don't see it on the table.
0: Carlos, what did you fly yesterday? Uh, last. Yesterday, I flew the TIE which is a major Vermeule pilot. And he his ability is you can change one of your focus or blank results to a hit result. Just straight up? If the opponent does not have a green token. Oh, okay. Now, is he um, high pilot skill or low? He is a pilot Well, initiative four, I guess. I, I, got it. I got to change the name here. Initiative four. Right. Okay. I still do that, too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also have redline, the vein of everybody's existence. Um, he is initiative five, got a proton torpedoes, proton bombs, trajectory simulator. <laughs> so he does the dirty stuff.
2: Oh, no, he's still yeah. doing trajectory simulator. Yeah, I, to, and then the worst,
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is a whisper, Juke, Darth Vader crew, and collision detector.
2: I like that now. Does Occlusion director work when you decloak now?
0: Yeah, correct. Oh, that is grody.
1: Yeah, it's super good. I mean, it's you only get two charges for it, but it is really super. Oh, good it has on, charges? On yeah. Okay. So it's, I did it's still use free. It or? Once. What? Steve,
0: he had no idea where. Oh, because I forgot you going? had it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't.
1: I, I honestly, it was kind of funny because like I think we sat down to play and. Um, I totally just I don't know. We were talking, and I totally never even really looked at your list. Like I, I actually kind of had no idea what you had running, like the exact upgrades, anyway. Ships you had, but I didn't actually look at the exact upgrade So, like, uh, actually, the one that was the most surprising was Seven Sister. When you do, <laughs> when you when you use Seven Sister on me, I was like, oh, you! I didn't even know you had that on there. Okay, wait, what does <laughs> Seven Sister do? Uh,
0: Seven so sisters is interesting. So, within range zero to one, you could spend a Force token. If a enemy ship gained a stress token, uh, what you can do is remove the stress token or replace it with a jam or a tractor token. So I have it in my list specifically for the force. Um, uh, the f- using the force for the soft focus. Okay. No. But it comes in handy when you're going up against Forlom and also comes in handy against Boba Fett using the Han gunner.
2: So basically when the Han, you know, when you have the Han gunner and you take the red action, you basically just take their oh, you basically just take their stress off and give them a jam instead and that pretty much nerfs the tractor. whole action. Yeah.
0: And yeah, and basically with the jam it works really <laughs> well there. That means that the focus token goes away. So you do the Han gunner action, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. But hmm. it does forces me to spend the force. That's interesting. Yeah. And then the other thing with Forlomb where he passes the, the stress token, I try to remove it. That way I don't take yeah. it.
1: Well, actually, what it could also be really just dirty against Boba is even if, if you decide to do the tractor instead of the jam. So, yeah, he still gets the focus. But now he's only got the one evade die instead of two. So his rerolls are not nearly as powerful. And you can probably, it might, that might be, if you got multiple shots on him in a turn, that might be a really helpful thing to do for that particular turn
0: yeah that's a good point uh that's probably i actually only went up against one boba yesterday mm-hmm. which is really strange because there were yeah. what,
1: there were 10 people and three boba lists. there was 11 yeah we had 11 people and there was like i think there were the the yeah boba four long pay i think there was, was like two three. and a half less at least yeah so. so i think i only count for half <laughs> you were there oh, yeah. um in spirit yes so there was uh yeah there was i think it was uh, everybody's i think all three people were running the exact same it wasn't
2: the exact same because i thought that and then what i watched it?
1: sean's the game for the last round and i realized he had upgrades. a couple of
2: he had a couple of weird upgrades on that. i'm like okay i don't really know what
1: that does or why <laughs> it's there instead we had like a triple zeros which looked weird yeah there were some odd things. triple well triple zero is a cool one um you know and that's actually another good one to pair with seven sister um because it, it basically any ship within, if you have a ship within range one, um, it has to choose to either take a stress or let you get a calculate token. Um, and if it takes the stress, then you can do your sh- seven sister tricks. Yeah, so it could yeah. be kind of you could.
2: But yeah. then it gives you a calculate token and a force token with, because seven sister gives you a force.
1: Yeah, discipline. so if they don't take the stress, you get a calculate and then you also still have the force token to use. And you do that for the whole cost of taking zero actions? Yes. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> So that's 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 a combo you could do. Um, Not on yeah. Vermeil's
0: really good. You get his ability to trigger a lot after Whisper has done her dirty tricks with Vader crew, and then Juke, because they either spend the focus token, or they take more damage.
2: What does the Reaper chassis look like? Is it three primary attack?
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay, I can see that.
1: And it also has the same weird aileron thing. Built into it that the striker has, so if you're not stressed before you reveal your maneuver, you have to do a boost maneuver basically. So, um, that's kind of a weird thing with flying it, you have to get used to. Um, I'm smiling because until you just said that, I didn't realize those were different ships. Oh, yeah, (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember those are two different things, Yeah. yeah. So, the striker came out. Because the Striker came out first in 1.0. Yeah, because it had Countdown and Pure Savick, and they were cool yeah. or something. Yeah. So the, when they, did the Reaper come out? The Reaper was literally the last thing that came out in in 1.0. And actually, uh. when it came out, it was released as a... Technically, it was the last 1.0 thing and the first 2.0 thing. Because um, it was released as a dual pack. So it came with all the 1.0 stuff and all the 2.0 stuff for it in it. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah, which was kind of interesting because like it came out in like... I don't know, it was like before Gen Con, I think, even. And um I remember yeah, you know, I remember I was excited to buy it just because I was gonna get 2.0 stuff, even though I could do absolutely nothing with it, because it was months before the game was actually 2.0 was actually released. But now Carlos, did you go to Gen Con this year? You didn't, right?
2: I did not. No, ah, so you didn't get all that pre-release one, goodness. A couple of years. Yeah. Fair
1: enough.
2: All right. So generalities about the tournament. Let's see. So we said there was three of the uh, the Boba Fett pay lob four long list, and I think they all did pretty terrible. Um it was me Sean had it, and then Travis's roommate had it, and none yeah. of us have played in a while.
1: So I think those might have been the bottom three. Well, that was Travis. Travis's roommate was his first uh, Austin. It was his first tournament, and that was Sean's like second. Or he said third he hadn't
2: played in two years. Sean hadn't played in forever. Yeah, about
1: he- matches my total. Yeah. So, so, and even when he did play, he didn't. Pl- he only played a few times. Like he didn't play much, and he was always kind of like on the edges of playing and would play, he played a few times back in the 1.0 days and then kind of came in and out. But um, so, yeah, he showed up for this tournament, which is cool. And, you know, hopefully he's going to he's going to he'll be more regular and show up more often, too. But that would
2: be nice. Sean's a heck of a guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, So that's sort of the low end tables. Sorry, Sean. Um, what look, what was winning? What was at the top of the tables? Well,
1: Travis won. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Travis is—he's uh, the only person that just gets consistently booed when he wins something. It's—it's it's pretty hilarious, actually. At this point, I boo him every day, whether yeah. he wins or not. <laughs> but he, um, yeah. So he was flying a love you, Travis. Yeah, he was flying a um, a Whisper Swarm. So it was Whisper with uh, running with uh, a and then basically just a bunch of Academy ties. Are we talked about this. So it was like a, it was like a, it was like five Academy ties and like Whisper and Sloane. Was, was six? It. Was it six? Oh, geez. Yeah. Good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He word.
2: kept bragging all week at work that it was like a seven-tie swarm, except one of the ties was, uh, was a Whisper. It was a Phantom was like with a crew on <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah.
0: So Carlos, what does Sloane do? So Admiral Sloan when another friendly ship at range zero to three defends, if it is destroyed, the attacker gains two stress tokens. While a friendly ship at range Zero to three. Performs an attack against a stressed ship and may re-roll one attack die. So basically, after one of those TIE fighters die, all the other TIE fighters get HAL runner.
1: Yeah, against
2: the ship and that, Whisper. Died, that S- killed it. So it's kind of like Samuel L. Jackson, Pulp Fiction, just being like, allow me to retort. Yeah. Yes. It's like, okay, so you went ahead and you killed one of me, get double stressed, and also we're going to blast you for being stressed. Yeah. And especially yes, all the nasty. ties are really low pilot skills, so they'll likely shoot after you already killed that guy. Yep.
0: Yep. That seems good. It was nasty. So well, it's awesome. the, the, the craziest thing was having seven ships on a table with one of them being an ace. Um, I think that was the biggest challenge. Yeah. So when I, I flew against Travis uh, round two, and he won the initiative bid, So okay. it made it really tough for me to get that target lock with the red line um initially and also have whisper be able to arc dodge his whisper or at least know where he's going to be um so i decided to start popping ties and it worked until i had s- too stress on every single one of my shows
2: yeah it's like popping my ties it works till it doesn't yeah um but actually you bring up a really good point there Sort of a generality, because, like I said, I'm still new to 2.0, and I'm trying to kind of look at these things from a higher angle. When I say dice are back in a big way, I want to say the initiative roll-off was a big factor in a lot of games yesterday. And I'm looking at that sort of anecdotally, because I got to watch a bunch of games without kind of being in a lot of them. But did you guys see a lot of initiative bids yesterday? And Um, how big?
1: Actually, the games i played no actually i mean i was at 199 and that wasn't even trying to have a bid it's just because i didn't have a one point thing i could stick in there to make it get to 200 so i just ended up at 199 but everybody i played against was at 200 so it's it's one of the things with with 2.0 that's kind of it's a big it's a big argument i think in the community in general right now about initiative bidding because you see some people just going absolutely apeshit with it where it's like there's you know you're seeing i mean i want to say i heard some crazy thing like 20 plus point initiative bid in some tournament like well, that was a whole thing one time in mm-hmm. one point
2: now wasn't there like the phantoms is so broken list yeah one of the team covenant guys didn't he play like three phantoms with like a 20 point initiative bid Just to it was it uh right
0: back in the day it was used to be echo and whisper yeah and you would have like a 17 point bid yeah
2: <laughs> i remember seeing that and it was like literally just a troll list just to be like by the way ffg these are broke as hell
0: yeah So there's
1: some of that going on. So you have, and 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 some of that is has been caused. Some of that, I think, to a certain degree, is being caused by the the compression of the initiative scale. Well, that thought had occurred to me. And you have a lot of, especially the fives. You have just an absolute shit ton of good, you know, initiative five ships roaming around out there. So you know, if you if you bring one of those initiative five ships, if you bring Redline, or if you bring Luke, or if you bring Whisper. Or you know, or boba, or the list just goes on. There's a ton of them. Um, if you bring any of those ships, you know that you're probably going to run into other pilot skill or initiative five ships. So I think there's there is some really hard initiative bidding going on at that level, especially. Um, my particular list I was running had two sixes in it. I mean, I had a five, uh, so it was two sixes. And I was I was running midnight um, black test pilot blackout and um, quick draw. So, but I had two sixes, so I was like, I'm not really, I'm not going to go for an initiative bid. It was funny because I, you know, I, had, I ended up having that one point bid, which worked for me every game I played because I just played against a bunch of people using 200. But it was, that was totally by accident. So.
2: Now, for starters, I saw your two sixes and your fives and I laughed at you. Like, when was the last time you played a ship that
1: didn't have like whatever the current max of pilot skill is? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, back when I played Pal Bases I had to have that two-pilot skill Omicron in there. (laughs) (laughs) Literally,
0: that's the only time in the last five years. Carlos, did you have a bid? No. Um, I decided to pick up Collision Detector because it definitely helped open up the uh, space for Whisper's d cloak. Yeah, I think actually... And that maxed out my list.
2: I believe it. How many of the people that you played had an initiative bid? And was it big? Um, I don't think
0: anybody did not really? like a big bid um not a purposeful bid
2: That's fascinating. Now, I will admit on the air here that uh, I won the initiative bid and then I did what new people do that are stupid and I took the initiative because I don't remember how to play X-Wing. Oh, the damn. only thing that we had that was 5 though is he had Luke and I had Boba. Boba. Yeah. And I didn't want to get blocked and I wanted to block, so I thought that was good things, then I remembered that I actually you no, have a Han gunner no. and I could care less about blocking.
1: Yeah. I did bad things, Steve. I forgot how to play. That's okay. I mean, you you know, that's part of the reason we're even doing this is to kind of get you back up to speed in general. Yes, yeah, true. So. <laughs> That's true. But this, that It's is all, true. I'm like all... driving
2: the Flintstones vehicle, though. Getting yeah. up to speed is a lot of legwork, man. It takes a lot <laughs> of legwork to get Flintstones vehicle back up yeah. to speed. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, we're 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 working on it.
2: We're, we are. We are. Uh, we should probably like play games though. Yeah. Um, we're gonna have to play some more. Yes, we actually need to play IA before this weekend too. But I don't want to get too much off on that subject because I want to segue into our next subject if I can think of a way to do it, which I can't so <laughs> our
1: next subject uh, <laughs> yes so yeah so anyways we also wanted to talk about today the uh recent article for the uh, separatist ships that uh just came out so we got some cool previews of um a lot of the new stuff in the separatist packs that's coming out in wave three um so there's just some cool stuff in here um and honestly actually <laughs> actually we're, we'll get to the we'll get to the vulture droids here in a minute because um, we're just going to kind of go through an order but the, the vulture droids are really disgusting. Like it's disgustingly I th- good or just, just well, they're they have a really interesting ability, and you'll see it when we get there. Um, Joe hasn't looked at this at all. Will it be complicated? Because like I like don't like complicated. You, things. You're not gonna like it, probably, Joe. Oh, but good. We're gonna we're gonna get there <laughs> Sweet. and talk about it.
2: Uh, okay, so let's back up a gravy train here a minute. Here, uh, wave three is gonna be separatists
1: yeah wave three is going to be the uh separatists and the you know grand republic so uh, it's all prequel trilogy all clone wars era stuff so, so it'll take a
2: bunch from the cartoon and not from the god awful movies
1: yeah it's mostly from the cartoon stuff i mean the vulture droids and and, and this general grievous um ship the Bel uh, Bel Belba lab 22 starfighter um they were also in in the movies but they were also in the clone war shows and stuff so I mean, I think content wise, a lot of it's going to be, you know, from the Clone Wars cartoon, because the whole reason for this set coming out is the new season of the Clone Wars cartoon that's coming out later this year. That um, is true. So that's the whole that's the whole purpose for the set. Really? Anyways, it's a you know, Disney marketing. But um, uh, blah, 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 before you get down on that, Disney, I'm marketing, not down on blah, blah, it. I'm just saying blah, blah, blah. that's what it is. If they're going to do this for the
2: Clone Wars, uh-huh. that means in like a year or so, they have to do this for the Mandalorian.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. There'll be stuff for the man- Yeah. And I'll be at least half-mast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> at least. <laughs> at, at, at least. That's putting it lightly. All right. So the first ship we have here in the uh, in this article is um, General Grievous in the Belbelab 22 Starfighter. Um, so he is a initiative four ship. Um, he's got three attack dice, two evade dice, three hull, two shields. His action bar has a focus, a target lock, a barrel roll into a linked red focus, and a uh, boost into a linked red focus. So he looks a lot like an X-Wing. <clears throat> like at least an old school X-Wing as I'm familiar with him. Yeah, yeah. At least as far as kind of your basic basic stats and, and action bar stuff. So um, I'm assuming he's probably going to be cheaper um, just based on just based on these stats. Um, I'm assuming that he's probably going to end up being cheaper than the... And I think that's the whole point of this faction, in general, by the way, is going to be swarmy. So, do you think um, he's probably the highest pilot skill of their pilots? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't okay. I, I I I don't know what else is on the Vulture Droids, but we'll we'll get to that as we go down through here, but he'll be the I'm a, I would have to imagine he'll be the highest of these Belbelab ships. Um so his ability is that while you perform a primary attack, if you are not in the defender's firing arc, you may reroll up to two attack dice. So um that's basically you know, obviously, it's kind of like it's an outmaneuver effect, um, and I think this is one of those ships that's going to pair well with with something like outmaneuver. So, you know, I, I you're probably going to see upgrades on him. You know, outmaneuver especially, uh, I think. Could that's be still it. a thing. Yeah, it's still an. Is upgrade. it largely unchanged? Yeah, it's b- still minus one defense. Yeah, yeah, I believe so.
2: Okay, I could see
1: that. Uh, do we think he's high enough pilot skill to make that work? Uh, yeah, that's going to be the tough part. Is that PS4? Um, Unless there's now one of the things about this faction is that is that it's supposed to be it's very much a work together type of faction. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's something in here that's gonna, you know, kind of allow them to work together to to kind of create better angles and vectors. But I think my initial impression
2: is if they're a swarmy kind of build, perhaps you use whatever other ships you have to block. Yeah. So that, you know, his his four pilot skill puts him in a position where as long as you block, he can't.
1: You can't yeah. be in their arc. If yeah. that makes sense. Or you just com- really commit him as a flanker, uh, you know. So if you if you just very much commit him as a fa- as a flanker, and then you have let's say you've got like you know five or six vulture droids that they got to deal with, and then grievous coming up from behind, and they just can't they just can't even think about him yet because they got to deal with all those vulture droids first.
2: Having not read this article yet, just I mean obviously on the card you're not going to see it, but on the in the article. Do they give you any indication of point cost at all? Or no, no. They don't say
1: anything like you could conceivably play X number of ships in the thing and you can back no, out the math? No, I think, well, actually, the, the thing that I think is a little telling was that um, shortly after they announced Wave 3 and the fact that there was going to be the Separatists and the Vulture Droid, they just announced the fact that they were going to exist. Um, they, 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 put in, they put a rule, they actually put into the rules that you can only have eight ships. <laughs> so, um, it's, so it's an official rule now, as opposed to just a, uh, as opposed to just a natural byproduct of the point costs, which means that these things could be dirt cheap. Um, and when you see their stats, you know they probably are going to be pretty cheap. They conceivably be like twenty point chips. Yeah, conceivably. And then you have you know so you have more room for upgrades and stuff. But at least they they put that rule in there so that you can't run nine or ten of them and just be totally insane. Hmm.
2: Um, I mean, so far I. I like General Grievous. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what... Man, it is weird looking at 2.0 cards, right? Because you're looking at this and it's like, I have no idea really how to evaluate this based on... I don't know if... I mean, conceivably, he might not even be able to use maneuver. Like, he might not yeah. get yeah, an he might EPT. He might, might not have a town I mean, He's, he's a droid. Know. He might not even get an EPT. Although, it's weird they gave a droid focus.
1: I guess he's not a Well, droid. no, he's, he's a cyborg. Cy- oh, yeah. He's a cyborg. So yes. technically, he has a human brain and heart. I believe is like that's about the only piece, human pieces he had left so I fell or, asleep
2: a lot in the uh, the prequel trilogy does he ever talk to C-3PO
1: no I don't think so so the hu- human cyborg relations is bullshit <laughs> yeah. well there's other cyborgs out there I guess name I mean, one Uh, well, Luke well, I guess Luke what about Lobot? <laughs> I guess Luke Lobot Never talks to the Lobot. That doesn't even happen. They don't talk? No, remember? Cause, uh, oh, cause three all, blowed because it up. he gets blown yeah. up. Yeah, like he's he always looking the, the other way. Like He doesn't
2: even look at Lobot. Well, Literally, him. he doesn't even look at Lobot. He's like, does they back are to him. They're on the
1: platform, though. They're on different sides, and three people are facing they don't the other t- way. They don't talk to each other, but they see each other. They see they each other. Look longingly at each other yeah. across the platform. They're like human cyborgs. <laughs> <laughs> they have human cyborg. Right, no, he's not human. Yeah, they have droid human cyborg. Well, he's based
2: on the chick from
1: Maria from Metropolis, so. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> All right, we're getting sidetracked. Yeah, Anyways, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, so the next card in this is uh another Bellbo Lab 22 starfighter, Watt Tambor. At, uh, that's a guy from Rest of Development, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's Jeffrey Tambor. That's yeah, Jeffrey Tambor. Uh, the three pilot skill. Um, so uh, while you perform a primary attack, you may reroll one attack die for each calculating friendly ship at range one of the defender. Um, so, honest, again, this is one of those you're going to have a bunch of – I think this whole this whole idea behind this faction is going to be basically you're going to put one of these more AC type things with a bunch of ultra droids <laughs> I yeah think that's, that's, kind of that's feeling like the, yeah. the idea here so um, I think that's generally what's going to end up happening um, Carlos what are your what are your thoughts on uh, on Grievous or Watt Tambor here
0: I, I really do like the abilities but the initiative um, yeah. is just way too low yeah the initiative I, is I, rough so it it really depends. So I started flying Vader with a four tie swarm for the first like tournament that I did for wave t- um not wave two sorry the, second edition. the
2: pilot Vader not the crew Vader
0: on a ship, correct yeah, yeah. and um, you you're given a really hard choice when you put a swarm on one side, and then you have a single ship on the other, and you had to choose whether to face off against. The ace or face off against a swarm. So sometimes you don't even need the initiative to be able to get into a flanking position because they'll just choose the swarm. It's more dangerous, yeah. more guns coming at you. Um, so, in that kind of aspect, it could work, but I'm afraid of maybe jumping the gun a little bit too much mm-hmm. and that could arc dodge you. Yeah. So. I think that's, mm-hmm.
1: I think it's really going to be, I think it really is kind of the idea with these, though, is that is that these acer type pilots like Grievous and Watt Tambor here are going to be flankers. Um, and that you're going to force your opponent into dealing with your swarm um, and ignore these guys. And, and then they're going to kind of come around and be, you know, pains in the ass. See, I think
2: you guys are coming at that a little bit wrong. What I think you do with the swarms, I think you fly one of these guys behind the swarm. And you really just use... Remember, like, the B-Wings used to fly as a net? Yeah. You know what I mean? They would fly super wide so you couldn't get around them, and they would even they would stagger themselves. You know, one would go two, yeah. one would go three, and just make this area where it was statistically unlikely that you'd ever land and get an action. Mm-hmm. I think if you got enough of... And we're assuming these these droid ships are some stupefyingly low number where you can get, let's say, even, you know, not quite go full travel, so you can get five of them in a, one of these... Like, if you put five of these in front of these guys, especially, like, if you look at this guy right here, this guy might even be better than Grievous for this because he can literally just fly behind the swarm. And as long as your, guy, your opponent's ace crashes into the swarm, there's at least two calculating guys there, and this guy just gets to, like, rail on a guy with no tokens. Yeah. And I think that's kind of how it's going to go. Well, I think He's
1: going to fly where Hal where Runner used to. Yeah, yeah, but even further back. He doesn't even yeah. need to be as close as Hal Runner. I mean, he's probably going to be, like, I think you're totally right about Watt Tambor. I think he, he can fly behind the swarm. I think Grievous is the one who's going to have to fly around the swarm. Yeah. And be the, I think and, they're going to fly differently. They're going to fly differently, and it's, and it's going to be a playstyle thing. But anyways, on to the next card. Um, so the next card here, uh, we, so we have a Fethan Outraw Autopilot, which is the one one initiative Belba Lab 22 Starfighter. So this does not have any ability. It has calculate instead of focus because in I'm, every
2: iteration, that's the weird thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's no. That's just how it goes. If you're yeah. a droid, you get calculate. If you're not, if you're a sentient of any sort, or you get, hmm. you know, you get focus. So, uh, so yeah. So, anyways, it's just a, a base, a base frame. Yeah, but this.
2: all I want to know about this one is how big of a discount I get for having calculate instead of that. Yeah, so that's going to be your baseline for that for the rest of. 2.0. I, I guess oh, yeah. you, you could look now, right? I mean, how much less is Forlom than Zuckus? Oh, the same know. pilot skill and similar abilities, you know, power-wise?
1: I don't know. You know, you know but the, one has Calculate and one has Focus. You know the points in that, Carlos?
0: Uh, Zuckus is 47. Uh-huh. And Forlum is 49. So it's so only... Calculate uh,
1: costs more? Well, so the difference I, is... Zuck, is Forlom the higher pilot skill? or, is, or is, So
0: they are the same initiative. They're the same? But the problem is, Forlom gets two is good. calculate tokens usually. Yeah, with event yeah. sensors.
2: Okay, so I guess what that teaches us is
1: we don't really know yet. But when
0: yeah. this comes out, we'll, we'll kind of
1: know the point difference between yeah. focus and calculate. I mean, you could very well see point adjustments for stuff like that. I don't think you'll see it on Forlom because Forlom is better than Zuckus. But in, in just in general, but you know, anyways. Uh, next card in the article. Um, is a uh, modification the Belba Lab Twenty Two only um, impervium plating, <laughs> impervium. Uh, it's got two charges on it, and it says before you would be dealt a face up ship damage card, you may spend a charge to discard it instead, which actually seems pretty good to me since that's most that's going to be most of your crits. How, um, how do you know what the ratio in the new deck is? Is it the same as it was before? I think the ratio is. I think the ratio between pilot ships is the same, um, and it, it is definitely. Much more ship crits than pilot ships, but then pilot crits. So, I mean, that's pretty good. It's uh, this is all going to depend on costing, of course. Um, but yeah. being able, but the fact that it lets you just totally discard it, so not only, only looking um, at not three haul, so like, yeah, well, yeah, but then you don't take direct hits, you don't take direct hits. But I mean, yeah. anything
2: that would go to the shields would still just take the shields off, you know. What I mean, you have, yeah, yeah, yeah. you have few opportunities to make this one go off, you yeah. know. What I mean, you have to get a crit when you're already unshielded
1: yeah I don't know yeah by no. the way,
0: it's uh, eight damage cards are pilot and
1: then the rest and so. then
0: 25. Oh yeah oh, that's a that's what I'm awesome. saying. it's a
1: huge ratio. so like most of the crits that come up are going to be in the ship category. I mean it depends on the cost it, this and this is uh, this is one of those <laughs> with these articles and you know just uh, trying to trying to analyze 2.0 cards in these articles is really tough because you never have the points anymore. That, so, that's the thing too although yeah. it's
2: really actually the word again. On this one feels weird too not to nitpick too much and actually hopefully Steve will edit this out later but like I don't know if you could be before you would be dealt a face up card and know what it is it's like I, well, I feel guess the, like if a card is yeah. face up and I know what the card says I feel like I've been dealt it yeah I feel like that's literally like wallets scooching across the table towards <laughs> my and there's not a window there, but that's weird. Fuck, it's
1: weird know? parsing, but I guess it's just you know you 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 pick up the card and you flip it and you look at it and then and then you deal it to your ship. I guess is the. It's f- like you get sidetracked on the way to your thing and it yeah, just goes in your yeah, card pile instead. Yeah, I don't know, Yeah, but whatever. Anyways, all right. Next up um, is uh, Captain Seer. Another, oh, Snake Master. Yeah, <laughs> another Belbalab twenty-two Starfighter. It's uh, so a two-pilot skill. Um... This one has focuses, so not a droid. Uh, while a friendly ship at range zero to three performs a primary attack, if the defender is in its bullseye arc before the neutralized result step, the friendly ship may spend one calculate token to cancel one evade result.
2: Uh, that seems good. Yeah. Bullseye arcs are hard,
0: but that seems really good. Bullseye difficult against other small ships. Yeah. Yeah. Although yeah, you're right though. Size like size and large size is very easy to turn against target. a large ship. Jeez, you just light them up.
1: I think what may, you know actually, what I really like about this ability though is that you're going to stick this in a probably a seven. I'm 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 going to assume this is going to be like a seven ship build with a bunch of ultra droids. I'm thinking, and that's fair. one or two of them is bound to have a bullseye shot by accident. <laughs> you know, it's like, and this is just global. It's it's just globally going to the entire. List. I mean, within range three of this. And yeah, I feel like like my initial thing when I looked at it was that the calculate
2: token might be just as good to change one of yours into a hit like a lot of the time. But you know what? Not if you're just throwing two dice. I like that security of being able to do one or the other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It feels like that calculate token is always going to be useful. When, as I pointed yeah. out in this last tournament, that
1: calculate did me absolutely. It, def- it definitely picks up the, the importance of the calculate token a, a lot. Especially, like you said, on the two-die attacks. Because yeah. on the two die attack, you're 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 you know a fair bit less likely to come up with a focus result to use the calculate on. Yeah. So being able to cancel out that evade. So when you roll that one in a blank, that one go- it's like a I mean it's just like having a juke, um, kind of sort of thing built in there. Um, Wait till you
0: see the abilities too for the vulture droids. Ooh, let's um, go yeah. to that. Let's, let's do it.
1: Let's turns. do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, let's get. To that. Yeah, we'll see what's next here. Yeah. But anyways, no, I th- actually really like Captain. I Sergeant. actually think he's.
2: I literally think the two pilot skill is the best. The three pilot skill is the next best. I think
1: Grievous is the worst of the four, but you know. (laughs) Yeah. I could be proved wrong. All right, so now we have our first vulture droid. Um, We have three dot uniques? Yeah, we'll get to this in a second. So this is the precise hunter. Uh, The vulture droid on the chassis, it has a calculate token, a target lock, or a calculate action, a target lock action, and a barrel roll linked red calculate action. then it has uh, two attack dice, two evade dice, and three hull. That is
2: not going to live long. No, it
1: is not. Is it going? These things are going to pop. That is for sure, um, which is why you're just going to run a lot of them. But um, So the other interesting thing, so Precise Hunter is a unique. Now it's got three unique dots, and this is a new mechanic, essentially, that they've added into the game, uh, starting here with wave three, is that when they put multiple unique dots next to something, you can have that many of those unique things in your list so you can have three of those precise hunters in your list there's
2: a approximately four like people in our entire listening audience that also played the decipher star wars card game back in the day <laughs> yeah uh that's exactly what they did in that one so like i didn't even need to be told in that one i just assumed they did the same thing
1: well you're correct so, i yeah there we go once a week but it's a good thing to explain because it's a new mechanic so know. yeah no you're right about that but yeah. that's actually
2: 100 what they used to do yeah. in that game Um, And it was never necessary in that game because they only put it on guys that would be stupid if they were unique, and you would never play more than three, so
1: there's no point there. All right, so then the the built-in ability on this ship um, is the network calculations. So while you defend or perform an attack, you may spend one calculate token from a friendly ship at range zero to one to change one focus result to an evade or hit result. So it's just it, you know again this just goes towards the the swarminess of these of this this faction um these guys are all going to work together so every one of these vulture droids you have out there is going to be able to share their calculate tokens around It's important to know though, um, that
2: that's not going to work with Captain Seer Like you yeah. can't use the captain's you can't use yeah, somebody yeah, else's yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, calculate tokens exactly. with Captain Seer Now you, you
1: could use you could use Captain C or You could use your You could use your to, one. And then the
2: captain friend. It, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. yeah so You're going to have one.
0: Yeah. It's so. like you
2: can only circle jerk with the left hand. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, so
0: you can do it twice. You can use your own token to cancel the evade result use everybody else's tokens to change your focus results. I mean,
2: I really like the way that basically makes it so that like calculate tokens will never be sitting around useless. You know, what I mean, you will always
1: find a use for them. And actually,
2: I think that's quite Good.
0: Yeah,
1: no, I think it's uh, that's that's going to be pretty, pretty cool thing in this faction. Um, They're really obviously really finding a lot of ways to use the calculate tokens, which is which is cool. Uh, And then precise hunter has its own individual ability says while you perform an attack, if the defender is in your bullseye arc, you may reroll one blank result. So again, this, this this would be another great thing to pair with Seer. You get a reroll um, for the thing that's in your bullseye arc. Seer is gonna give you the ability to cancel and evade result. You can use the network calculations to, to turn focuses. I mean, you, you know, you got a lot of stuff going on here. Just if you've got multiple precise hunters in your list and Seer, I mean, I, I I'm actually I, I'm I'm starting to really like Seer. <laughs> the more well, I think about this. One thing that's interesting too is, especially as a sort of non-unique,
2: this is a higher pilot skill than Seer. Yeah, like a not unique out of three actually feels Well, high. It's, it's
1: a unique Joe, technically. Mm,
2: <laughs> it's you know it's yeah yeah I get you. It's not a unique and beautiful snowflake.
1: It's just a little odd. Yeah yeah.
2: It's unusual.
1: All right, so the next uh, the, the next shit. vulture, <laughs> yeah. So the Here. next vulture droid we have is the. I'm assuming. I think it's whore. Is it's it, whore. it whore? Yeah, it's whore. Is it whore? Is it? I can't tell. Whore chal? Whore or hater? It's a whore uh, The whore prototype. I'm gonna. That's re- how we say it down here in Florida? It's the whore from now. Whore on. Um It is a one-pilot skill. After an enemy ship in your bullseye arc at range zero to two declares another friendly ship as the defender, you may perform a calculate or target lock action. Um, so again, this is just all mixing in here. So, you know, you, you put a couple of these guys with a couple of your, um, precise hunters and Admiral and seer, and you're getting all sorts of extra calculates. You're getting to use seer's ability. You're getting to use the precise hunters abilities. Um, you know, cause if you just, if you just use this to just gain yourself extra calculates that you can pass to your buddy, um, it's, you, you know what I want in this faction and I don't
2: think we're going to get it. And I don't think it's going to be good, but what I want, because I like to do things a little differently, i.e. badly, I want a tractor beam in this faction. Yeah. Don't you want to, like, put a guy, like, at the start of the engagement phase, in a bunch of guys' bullseye arc that he managed to dodge out of, because, like, these guys are shit pilot skills?
1: Um. Yeah, that would be pretty good. Uh, Maybe too good, so... You know, yeah, we, we don't want to end up in another jack jumpers. Yeah, we don't want another quad jumper. Six jumper is awesome in destiny. <laughs> yeah, well, it's pretty awesome. Next one at the moment, too. Um, all right. So the next card on the list here is a DFS dash 81. And now this is a single unique. So you, you can only run one of these guys. He's a three pilot skill or three initiative. And while a friendly ship at range zero to one defends, it may spend one calculate token to change all crit results to hit results. So That uh, seems terrible. Uh, well, I mean, if you get a, like, if you get, like, a, I mean, it's it's cool. It, it, it could be useful at times, but yeah, I think it's too situational. Yeah, remember Zeb? Yeah. Did anybody do anything with that? No. All right, then. Yep. <laughs> Moving on.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> we just, like, just like right past yeah. uh The only thing I want to point out is he was also in the Cypher Star Wars back in the day. Oh, that that particular vulture droid. Yeah, yeah.
1: The DFS, GF- oh. the There's like four of them. Oh, but okay. That was one of them. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> the um, he was cool. Like, let me do like one battle destiny. He was actually really oh, good. All right. So next, we have a uh, special modification here or configuration upgrade for the um, for the vulture class droid. Now, this is the thing that's probably gonna piss Joe off. So it's the like it's the grappling struts. Um, so it says setup. Uh, equip this side face up. So you start with this as the face-up side. Uh, while you execute a maneuver, if you overlap an asteroid or debris cloud, and there are one or fewer other friendly ships at range zero of that obstacle, you may flip this card. Um, so yeah, so you execute the maneuver. Uh, basically, you you land yourself on an asteroid or debris cloud, and um, and there are one or fewer other friendly ships at range zero of that awesome So basically, you I guess and one other buddy could. Uh, could be on the same obstacle at the same time but no more uh which is you know seems legit uh so then when you so when you land on the obstacle you flip them open and on the open side it says you ignore obstacles at range zero and while you move through them after you reveal your dial you if you reveal a maneuver other than a two straight and are at range zero of an asteroid or debris cloud you skip your execute maneuver step and remove one stress token if you revealed a right or left maneuver, rotate your ship 90 degrees in that direction. After you execute a maneuver, you flip this card. So basically this means that these guys can sit on a rock and pretty much indefinitely stay there and spin around 90 degrees in a circle.
2: Um, I don't think it's
1: indefinitely, is it? Because after you, oh no, no, you skip your executing maneuver. Yes, exactly.
2: Uh, Yeah. everybody at home wondering why i hate this card it's not that i don't think it's neat and fun and whatever but i don't like complexity um i'm a simple man with simple tastes and um (laughs) this is a lot of text this is a wall of text
1: yeah that's a wall of text card for sure and that's why i knew for one i knew just the wall of text was going to turn you off to this but also i think when you see this on the on the on the board eventually you're you're probably not gonna like this how this because i mean these ships are going to be sitting on rocks and and basically just being able to spin around while you have to fly around them so um, that's pretty awesome.
2: Here's my thing. It's um One of the things we talk about when we talk about the, the fall of 1.0 was that certain things came out very early in that that were genies they couldn't put back in a bottle, right? Yeah. You know, push the Limit came out early. VI came out early. A lot of things came out early. And then after that, you sort of had to continuously jump the shark. Mm-hmm. And a card this complicated when this faction just is coming out. Yeah. Everything that comes out after this needs to be more complicated. Yeah. And like a set or two down the line, I'm going to be done with it.
1: Yeah. Well, now, this is the other, this is the, now this is I think where the big, the big thing in in, in 2.0 comes in is the, is just the point adjustments. So, first of all, one, we don't know how much this card costs. So...
2: Especially relative to what should be a cheap yeah. ship.
1: So when you look at a really cheap ship and you're assuming that this is, you know, okay, so we're, we're, we've been talking about running really swarmy versions of this stuff. You're talking about six, seven, eight ships at least probably. So, you know, this card may be the kind of thing that is so expensive. You, you you would either, if you wanted to put it on all your ships, you could only afford four or five at the most. And if you wanted to, or, or it's one of those things where you, you can really only afford to put it on one or two of your ships. So it keeps it from being just like a total cluster, but I mean we don't the point costing is a huge deal. Yeah, my initial
2: impression is that it's probably gonna be way over cost and not be that good. Yeah. Like I don't think it's gonna be that relevant and I think it'll be expensive. Yeah, probably also one of the things good about me is I'm not terribly competitive. So if somebody plays this against me, I'll just forfeit and <laughs> go to the next game. Yeah. <laughs> uh especially I do have my theories. Yeah.
0: And one of them are based on something that you're already seeing in the meta, which is trajectory simulators. And if those stay relevant, then you can still use seismic charges, and pretty much make these ship or this upgrade obsolete.
1: Yeah. Just can't can't you blow up asteroids
0: in or something? Yeah, yeah. Seismic that's charges correct. specifically blow up asteroids. <laughs>
1: really? Yeah. So that's gonna be the weird thing. That's that's if seismic if if trajectory simulator s- simulator remains relevant and seismic charges remain relevant, which I'm assuming seismic charges will. I trajectory simulator i'm i really hope to god they point nerf trajectory simulator because i personally hate that freaking upgrade but and it sh- i don't think it should you have ever play made it its way. No, no no it's it's much more limited as okay. to the ships that can actually carry it anymore mostly but regardless it's it's not nearly as bad as it was it's not nearly as ubiquu- ubiquitous as it was at the very end of, of 1.0 but I, I don't like the whole idea behind it in the first place but that's that's just me so anyways you know we'll see we'll see what happens with this i, I kind of hope that this isn't used as some excuse to keep trajectory simulators relevant um that Ooh, yeah, that, that to be, me would actually be like way worse than just like that would be doubling down or like oh, yeah know, this card is way too complicated but yeah. don't worry
2: it's it's counter by this card that's completely broken i'm like i want you to repeat that sentence out loud and see yeah. if that feels good yeah
1: so I, i'm and i think you're right carlos i i I Unfortunately, I, you know, this is going to be a thing that will make trajectory simulators more useful because when you see these ships and you see these grappling struts around, having the trajectory simulator and a seismic charge is going to be super valuable. Um, but and that's what and that that goes to a list building problem that um, that I kind of hate is when they put is when you feel like you have to run a particular upgrade to count just to counter another upgrade. Um, it just kind of t- sucks a lot of the air out of list building. But um, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, points I think we may have already just, spent too much breath on this. this yeah, is a,
2: this is a fanboy card. Yeah, for this sure. is gonna cost twenty, never be used, and they'll be like,
1: "What?" Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Well, but you could do
2: just like in the movies. Yeah, I'm yeah, ca- This is a
1: fanboy card. Yeah, I, I think so too. But we'll we'll see what happens. The the points are gonna be a huge, you know, huge. Factor. This is literally just so that people don't go on the boards and are like, you know, it'd be
2: really cool is if if uh, spider droids could like land and two things remember that one
1: time they landed on a rock and like literally
2: so you don't just spam the forums with like an
1: entire like dream cards board yeah (laughs) so anyways that uh asmodee's thing crashes i think that's all the new cards that were in this uh carlos was there anything else about this that you wanted to you want to talk about or mention
0: i don't think so i we pretty much covered everything i like the fact that the some of these ships that have the multiple uniques so, something to keep in mind yeah is that there is a non-unique initiative one vulture um so mm-hmm. you can still i I know you had mentioned the maximum of eight ships i still haven't seen where that is
1: um i want to say that's in like the tournament rules maybe i can't remember which which thing it was in it was in one of the more recent updates on the uh now, has anybody
2: I spoiled no. that initiative one, one, or are we just guessing it's there? Is there a fan card for it?
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, that is in the wave three introduction. Oh, the first the first article. Introduction. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, gotcha. Article. Yeah, yeah. Back in November.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So we know that's going to happen. I mean, and, you know, I think obviously, it was, I did think it was kind of hilarious because I, I want to say it was in November. It was right around when that article came out. It was like, oh, here's this, by the way, here's this rule you can't run more than eight ships. And
0: (laughs) I found it, by the way, for anybody that wants to find it, uh, to read it. It's in the Tournament Regulations, page three. Okay. Uh, Legal squad list contains between two and eight ships from a single faction. You actually Uh,
2: can't play a single ship list? Wow, not anymore. Not that I
1: wanted to, Yeah, but, I mean, theoretically? Theoretically? I mean, I guess if you want to put Luke Gunner on on Dash, you can get pretty close. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... So that pretty much hits us up for the
2: CSI faction, which we wanted to talk about today. Now, one thing we want to dedicate ourselves to on this podcast is doing some legitimate list building and trying out new things and kind of walking through both the process, the pieces and sort of
1: how you go from from soup to nuts on a build. Yep. So we're going to actually hit that up in part two here or segment two. Um, We're going to take a quick break. I'm out of beer. For a little bit of Florida news. So we'll be back. This week in Florida, a 30-year-old man from Milton, Florida, was arrested for aggravated battery and aggravated assault after he told two neighbors that he was going to kill them with kindness and then attacked them with a machete-style knife that he called kindness. The Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office responded to a call last Thursday from two victims alleging their neighbor, Brian Dwayne Stewart, was yelling and banging and saying that he was going to kill him with kindness. One of the neighbors identified as Patrick McCall told police he saw Stewart running out of his house with a knife, with the word kindness written on it. He was allegedly targeting another neighbor named Jesse James Hunter with the knife. McCall said he was able to step in between Stewart and Hunter to block the knife attack, but wound up getting a cut to the hand in the melee. Hunter told police he believed Stewart attempted to attack him in retaliation for his asking Stewart to keep it down. According to interviews police conducted with Stewart's girlfriend, who was home with him at the time, Stewart became increasingly agitated and paranoid about his neighbors. She stated that all she could hear was Stewart talking about how the next-door neighbors were selling methamphetamine and the cops were being called, police noted. Stewart was arrested and his bond has been set at $15,000. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, We're in the second portion of the podcast today, and now we are going to talk about a little bit of list construction and uh i think we're you know with with uh the new hyperspace format coming out and the first order and resistance stuff coming out we wanted to do some of the newer stuff so we're starting here with a resistance list um this is just something i threw together the other night um that i'm theory crafting myself that i'm you know maybe running at some point or another um i definitely want to test it so we're going to kind of talk it over and uh, see what uh, we all think about it and maybe I end up making some changes but we'll see
2: now where did the inspiration for this list come from what was kind of the theme that you wanted to, not so much a the theme but what
1: what was the first ship you put in here and why well it was Poe it was really Poe so the, the the list itself and just the, the basic structure is it's Poe Dameron um, and then three of the new RZ2A wings uh, Lulo Tally and, uh, and just a naked uh, Blue Squad recruit Um. Really, really, what it was 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 like I said, it was Poe. I mean, Poe is I think going to be extremely good. Um, he essentially is the only sh- he's the he's the only ship in the game that's like the the true old school PTL. Uh, that's just his ability. He just has to, <laughs> his built in PTL. Basically, he doesn't have the focus thing he used to have. No, no, he doesn't have that anymore. So, I like that ability. Yeah, it was a good, it was a cool ability, but they definitely gave him an upgrade on the ability here. So, um. Poe is a pilot skill initiative six. Um, you know, he's a T 70 X Wing. So he's uh, three attack, two evade, four hull, three shields, uh, and then he has a built in recurring charge. Um, the one recurring charge he has is specifically for his ability. Um, his ability is that after you perform an action, you may spend one charge to perform a white action, treating it as red, um, which is, like I said, basically the PTL. So. Now
2: it's a little, it's a bit of an upgrade from PTL though, isn't it? Because before PTL
1: was only something from your action bar, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So technically, if you put something else on here that like uh, you you can use this. Um, I guess it would work, like uh, PTL and the uh, what was the other one that worked on the 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 cards itself? It was the um, um, advanced prototype or something. No. It was, no, I'm already forgetting the name. I've dun dun dun. dun. Yeah. Carlos, save us. <laughs> You remember what that upgrade was, Carlos? Because I totally... F- oh, Experimental Interface. That's, ah, okay. yes. Yeah. I know the picture. Yes. It's worse, but I don't remember the title, but yeah. I remember it has a Mon Cal on it. Yeah. So, that doesn't come into play in this list. Um, it may be something that comes into play down the line as um, if there are some more action-based upgrades that Poe can take um, that that would be useful with. Um, but at the moment, it doesn't. So, anyways, uh, the first upgrade I have on Poe in the talent slot is Crackshot. Um, and it's just one it's cheap it's useful um i think the double repositioning ability of poe being being uh while using the integrated s foils being able to boost and barrel roll um and ptl to do that is uh you know going to give you that better opportunity those better opportunities to actually get uh it's kind of like suinter so you know like with suinter because you can uh boost and barrel roll and, and double reposition and actually make that bullseye work a lot more often um it, it's 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 an ability or it's an upgrade card that's a lot more useful because of that. The Bullseye Arc doesn't have any natural ability anymore, does it? Uh, not on anything. I think on the Key it still does. Oh, it's like a ship yeah. ability on so, that? Yeah, so, because when the, the Bullseye Arc was, the you know, in one point of the Bullseye and Arc. So you couldn't spend focus or target lockers? No, focus or evade uh, uh, on defense? Yeah, exactly. So, as uh, so the so the Key still have that as a built-in thing. It has no other natural effect on, on, on any other ships unless they have something it says it does, but so it's but anyways in and of itself it doesn't do anything other than just used as a mechanic okay um so then the next upgrade i have on here is bb8 um so bb8 uh is very similar pretty similar to what he used to do but a little a little bit different so now bb8 has two charges uh non-recurring so you 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 get two uses of bb8 in a game and that's it so no more spamming at every turn yeah yeah exactly um so you can't spam it all the time so you're picking your spots with bb8 um But using it in conjunction with the black one title, um, which we'll get to here in a second, can be really powerful. So uh, the two charges, um, what that lets you do is before you execute a blue maneuver, you may spend one charge to perform a barrel roll or boost action. So basically you reveal your blue maneuver, you spend a charge, you can boost or barrel roll, which then allows you to activate pose ability to take a stress to do another action. Uh, and then you perform your blue maneuver clearing that action and then you get your third normal post movement action.
2: Well how many actions does he have in his action bar though? How many, I mean we can do basically we basically do a reposition action and it's still FTL. Is yeah. that kind of where we're going with this? Pretty
1: much. I mean he's got three built in, but he but he gains the um, fourth and fifth ones basically from the uh, from closing the S foils. From having the closed S foils, yeah. And kind of the ad- like a barrel yeah yeah getting the barrel so kind of the way that i'm i'm does i've have this structured is that on those turns when i want to use this i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna have the s foils closed probably most of the time because i'm really aiming to get bullseye shots as much as possible right um so when i have a bullseye shot with the t70 version of the s foils i don't lose the attack die so oh yeah, yeah that's true so i still get my full attack complement. i get crack shot um, and I can use my repositions to kind of guarantee me to get those, those bonuses.
0: Well, have you been flying any Soontir at all, Steve?
1: Yeah, I have flown a little bit of Sunter. Um, that was actually one of the first things I tested, um, uh, when 2.0 came out just because I'm a, i am I was just a huge Sunter fan from, from the 1.0 days. So it was kind of like the first thing I, I wanted to try. Um, but I found that, uh. That Sinter, you know, and I, I was using predator on Sunter, and um, which is also now limited to the bullseye arc. Um, but it works with him because, because he is a ship that can that can get that can get those that bullseye arc because of the the double the, the, the double reposition is super important to being able to like consistently get bullseye shots. Well, being out the, the six pilot skills and hurting that. Either. Yeah, yeah, and the six pilot skill obviously is a huge factor in that. So so
0: post basically the same thing because yeah. you can do with the closed air. Uh, uh, servo motors. Basically, this was, um, you can do barrel and a boost. Yeah. Let's talk about
2: a little bit of an advanced combo here. Can you go back up to BB8 for me, real quick? Yeah. He is after you. Before you execute a blue maneuver. Okay. So, black one title mm-hmm. gives oh, you gives you slam. Right. Let's read that real quick. Yeah, so okay. the
1: the black one title has one charge on it. It adds slam as an action to your bar. And it says, after you perform a slam action, you lose one charge, then you may gain one ion token to remove one disarm token. Uh, if this charge is inactive, you cannot perform the slam action. So basically, so this is a once per game use, being able to slam, and also still shoot after you slam, um, but you do have to take an ion to do that. Okay, so one of the things I heard somebody say at the tournament yesterday that may or may
2: not be correct, when you do an ion now, is that blue now? Yeah, yeah. The I- so ions- can you
1: BB-8 off of an ion maneuver? Um, no, because you're not revealing. Um, so it's still the same. It's still the before It's actually you, BB8 before you execute. Oh, so like execute. You oh yeah, execute. you're right. So you yeah. can
2: give yourself you can give yourself an ion on with the black one title after yeah. slamming, and the next turn you can still BB8 to reposition before yes. you do your. Yeah. That seems that's correct. That seems niche but strong. Am I wrong in that, Carlos? Or is that? I think there could be times that seems where like good, that again. could
0: be dirty. It could be. I think, spent, well,
2: it feels like it's dirty at pilot skill six. It feels like if to you're a low pilot skill, roles. that's going to be about the same. But a pilot uh, skill 6 and you know where they're at,
0: that feels
1: good on the whole. Yeah. Yeah, I think that could be... Uh, it, there could be some situations where that comes into play, for sure. Hmm. Um, now, whether or not... You only have two chances to use BB-8, so... And only one chance to use the slam, too, but yeah. you know what? So, um, So, anyways... Uh, so yeah, so now the other thing is that we have on here is the integrated S foils. Um, so it adds when you have them closed, it adds uh, the barrel roll action, and it also adds a focus into a linked red barrel roll. Um, so you can do either one of those um, when you have the when you have the uh, foils closed. And then while you perform a primary attack, if the defender is not in your bullseye arc, you roll one fewer attack die uh, before you activate. You may flip this card on the open side; uh, it just does nothing um so so this is you know basically it's giving you the barrel. really what this is all about is just having the barrel roll available to you all the time as much as possible um and then hopefully being able to use that barrel roll or boosting to give you your bullseye so that you don't have the downside of of losing an attack die on your on your shot so um so it's just it's just a really solid upgrade for this ship I, i mean you're you know, it's just, it's just like the X-Wing version. You know, if you, it's free. It's a zero-point upgrade. You're going to run it on, on any X-Wing or T-70 that you play. Uh, the next upgrade on here is Pattern Analyzer. So, while you fully execute a red maneuver before the check difficulty step, you may perform one action. Um, so,
2: basically, advanced censoring. Uh,
1: Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's, but just for red maneuvers. So, it's like, it's not letting you do any extra actions. Befo- it's not letting you do stuff before any of your other movements so on poe on a t70 it's basically letting me do k turns or talon rolls but it's not letting you it's not
2: letting you barrel roll before you move yeah yeah i see what the big difference there is yeah that
1: seems significant but still good five points it's not a ton yeah five points isn't a ton um it's borderline i kind of go back and forth on this one and i really need to play the list and do some more play testing with it to see how much i really like that upgrade um if 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 it doesn't turn out to be as useful as i think it's going to be i might that that could come off and i could change some other stuff on this on the a-wings possibly um and then i also have the hard point upgrade on him which is just zero point and it lets me use a cannon um which is one of the built-in that's a built-in t70 thing so basically the their built-in ability on the on all the t70s is weapons hard point which uh, lets you let you choose you can equip either a cannon a torpedo or a missile upgrade you get to pick um, so in my case, I went with the cannon, and uh, I'm putting a heavy laser cannon on here. Um, again, further maxim- maximizing the uh, the the bullseye arc. Um. Okay,
2: so this seems to have changed a bit. Alright, yes. So it's uh, so bullseye arc only, still four, still range two to three. After the modified damage step, change all your crits to uh, to regular hits. Yeah. So that's kind of the same but obviously there's subtle differences there
1: yeah so the biggest difference there's subtle differences here the biggest difference on this is that it's limited to the bullseye arc it's still yeah. range two to three like it used to be and it's still four dice but the bullseye arc obviously limits it which is why it's just cheaper um, it's four points now as opposed to the old seven so it's basically two points compared to the old seven points for the old hlc so it's it's a huge points difference between the old hlc
2: it is do
1: they get the range bonus at range three now Uh yes, because that's not one of the missile. Yeah, so this doesn't have that new little missile icon that denotes range bonus stuff. So, um, so yes, the range bonuses work against it now, um, which is a which is a big difference. If it had a range one, would you get an extra die? Um, for
2: uh, an extra attack die? Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You would actually yeah. So okay, it doesn't have it doesn't. So but but yeah, if there was anything that could make it a range one, it it would do that. Okay. Um, and then the other slight difference to this is the way they reworded it. So after the modify attack dice step, you change all crits to hits. So with the old HLC, you used to be able to – you would roll, and then any crits you got would turn into hits. But then um, if you used a target lock to re-roll stuff, you could, you could get crits that way. It didn't come up a whole bunch, but it did come up. It was a thing. So In the old way, you know, it was kind of interesting about that, which actually
2: still works, actually, I, I do believe. Now, if Omega Leader targets the guy with the uh with the HLC, Omega Leader makes it so you can't change back to regular still, right? Yes. That was only funny only cuz I hate Omega Leader so much. Yes. So like that was like the one time I got my way.
1: Yeah. I liked it. It yeah. made me happy. Yeah. So yeah, that still that still happens if you happen to be flying against midnight, you can uh your crits will stay if he has you target locked. Um he hasn't earned a name. Don't give him that. He both well, they've given him a name It's I mean, midnight. You know, he didn't earn it. Well, you know they gave it to him, so. <laughs> so, anyways, that's Poe. Um, you know, this is a very beefy Poe. He's 88 points, um, and so there's a lot going on here. Uh, it, to me, and kind of what I like about him at this point is that he's just super versatile. Um, he kind of has an answer for most every situation between maneuvering and uh, and and also and also being able to lay on some pretty heavy attacks by with that HLC having a lot of four dice attacks as long as you can line up the bullseye
2: what we used to say about him in 1.0 is that he was he was really solid in four ship lists Mm because he had that much damage output but he was a liability in three ship lists which is where his point cost often fell Mm -hmm. because he just didn't have enough firepower to justify a three ship list yeah um i used to play him at two ship list and he was even worse than that so you know (laughs) um but I really liked Poe well, yeah. Poe Falcon was fun. Yeah, yeah. Poe Fal-
1: was... po Falcon was fun and it was just kind of its own resistance y version of uh of like Dash Corin. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was it, it, it's he's definitely a different animal now. Um, you know, he can he can be he can he can he's a lot better, I think, as a damage output machine than he, he used to be. That was kind of his downfall. Kind of the big complaint about Poe always before was that he didn't feel like he was quite very, he wasn't great at uh, outputting damage. So, Carlos,
2: do you feel like he's gonna be able to find the modifiers now to, to deal damage?
0: It's it's hard because you have the double reposition ability, um, so you have to take advantage of that to trigger this uh, bullseye arc. Now, if you can manage to only have to do one reposition, um, then his offense should stay consistent. Especially rolling those four dice with the heavy laser cannon.
1: Yeah. And
2: the crack
0: shot, too.
1: Yeah, and, and you, can always, you can always flip the, the S-foils. I, I think it's, it's one of those things where you're going to have to... There's turns where you're just going to have to give up and be like, all right, I'm not going to get the bullseye. So I know that I'm not going to get the bullseye, and I need my, my mods. So I'm just going to flip the S-foils, get my normal 3 die shot, and be focused and target lock for it. I
2: do wonder... Now, the, um, when the S-foils are open, you lose,
1: you lose an attack die on your primary? When the S-foils are closed, Close, you, you lose an attack die in your primary outside of your bullseye. So, okay, but that's yes, right. You can't heavy laser cannon. Yeah,
2: okay. Yeah, yeah. Unless yeah. it's in the bullseye also. Yeah, yeah.
1: Makes sense. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was thinking maybe game the system somehow and still be able to use your heavy laser then,
1: but... Well, you could still use... I mean, yeah, I mean, it's... You could leave the S-foils open and your your heavy laser's always there um, for that extra. If you happen to get something bullseye that maybe you didn't think you were going to and you end up getting it anyways, you... You still have your heavy, 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 your heavy laser sitting there, so I think as long as you have a pretty good idea of of what you're gonna get bullseyed and because he's a, a six, you, you probably are gonna have a pretty good idea of what you can bullseye based on your repositioning and stuff. Yeah, because you don't have to um, choose until he activates, right? Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to you don't have to choose the the S foils opening or closing until he goes or right before he goes. So. All right, well, let's see what else we got in this list. He's interesting. My, my biggest question that I want to
2: look at going into playtesting of him, and spoiler alert for next episode, we'll tell you you know, what playtesting sort of played out and showed. I feel like I'm on the other side of the fence with Steve where I think I'm going to be operating with the s foils open more often than closed just because I don't feel like I need all of those reposition options all the time. Yeah. And I'd rather be able to give myself that extra arc. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a pilot. That's a player skill thing, not a pilot thing. Yeah. Where like I feel like I don't always get that much value out of repositioning. I feel like I reposition just to reposition. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas I'd really rather have the ability to throw more dice because dice might save me, and my poor repositioning skills never will.
1: Yeah. Um. I but mean, that's I,
2: one of those things you just sort of have to judge where you're at as a player right then.
1: Yeah. Well, it's also a play style thing. I mean, I've I, I've been a. V- is very much a, re- a repositioning ace player, all throughout my kind of X-wing. Yeah, I don't know. Like, so. uh, last
2: time, other than the shuttle, which you admitted to earlier, you yeah. fest, uh I don't know. If I've ever seen you play a ship that doesn't double reposition.
1: Uh, I mean, well, go not since not since probably wave since Palpatine got not released? since wave three since Palpatine got released. I don't know if
2: I've ever seen you play a non-shuttle ship that doesn't double reposition.
1: Yeah, I pretty much moved to I move. I really moved hard towards the Imperial ace type archetypes. One after uh, after wave four, after the after the uh, Phantom came out, uh, before that I was playing all Rebel stuff. But like the first year or so, I played nothing but Rebel lists. I mean, I won a regional with, with two B wings, an X wing, and a Y wing.
2: Yeah, they never went back.
1: Yeah, well, I just I just I like my aces.
2: Oh, I'm
1: not judging. I'm just saying
2: you <laughs> didn't go back to it, so your preference seems.
1: Yeah, yeah, my, my seems to be at a certain point my preference changed, and and that's kind of what I stuck with. And a and Poe with this kind of setup feels more like that to me than than most of anything else that exists in 2.0 right now so that's kind of why I'm gravitating towards towards this but
2: right, so speaking to maneuverable ships that reposition let's move on to the next one on this list
1: yeah so the other three ships in this list are the the three A-wings so the first one we got here is uh, Lulo Lampar. I think that was uh that was the chicken fifth element, right? <laughs> no. Uh, Lilo Dallas multipass. Oh multipass. Oh multi-pass. multipass. Um no, so Lulo, uh if I am getting my lore correct here, I haven't actually read all the new comic books yet, but supposedly Lulo is a character from the Poe Dameron as like comic books. He was like friends with Poe's mom and later became Poe's wingman. And he's he's like a he's a Because Everyone
2: in the Star Wars universe is related
1: yeah of course they have I to be yeah and, and remember everybody gets really angry if they're not mm-hmm. um, so uh, looking at you Ray um. <laughs> so so, uh, so the RZ2 A-Wing um, it's built in chassis stuff it's uh, two attack uh, three evade uh, two hull and two shields it has a focus uh, action an evade action a target lock action a boost action a barrel roll action um, now the barrel roll is new since 1.0 right um yeah i don't think
2: yeah a wings didn't barrel roll it was one or the other because i remember jake had jake gave you the ability to do it and it screwed me up every time
1: yeah yeah J- jake jake had that ability when he got the focus token he could do a barrel and that was the whole trick with jake is that you could do right. the barrel roll with him that way um so anyhow that's kind of the basic chassis stuff uh and then the built-in ability on all the a-wings is that you can rotate so they have a um single arc indicator Uh, And you can rotate that arc indicator uh, only to your front or rear arcs. And then after you perform an action, you may perform a red boost or a red rotate action. So uh, you can shoot behind yourself with these things now, Um, which is, you know, I think a really powerful ability with these guys. And it's, it's a new feature for these guys that I think just it's, I'm actually like, I've never really been much of an A-wing fan um, over the years. I just, That they were never just. I like Jake. I I actually, I think I did play with Jake a little bit, Uh, but I never really got into him because they were just, uh, you know, the two attack die was just too rough and and.
2: I've never liked two attack dice with any less than six ships on the table. Yeah, it just feels wrong. Yeah,
1: so now with this rotating ability and them being able to, so they can they can zoom past stuff now and still shoot at them with the same exact firepower that they have out the front. So, as fast as they are, and really the the big thing is is to look at the dial. I was about
2: to say I was looking at that in the the red performing a red you know rotate action it doesn't seem that bad when you have five eight ten blue maneuvers on yeah, that thing
1: yeah yeah so this thing got a killer it dollar. has
2: more blue maneuvers than white and red maneuvers combined
1: yeah that's yeah. dirty so it's basically the same as the normal A wing with all the all the two green maneuvers um, straight bank and turn hard turn and then the big thing that they added in is the soft bank threes which is I mean that's just one of those speed maneuvers that you use a lot on on ships like these and just to have it be blue and and be able to clear stress with it is phenomenal but you know I'm I'm actually kind of excited to to, to use that Um, you know I I used it in in the old 1.0 days with the uh, the silencer because the silencer was like the only ship that this is a very similar dial to the old silencer dial and I was disappointed when they took it off the silencer because i thought it was a distinguishing factor for that ship having that particular maneuver on it but um anyhow they've added it to these a-wings which is which is cool so uh, i definitely want to take advantage of that so on lulo here um we've got the squad leader upgrade um basically just turning lulo into a coordinator oh oh and lulo's ability let's get into this first so uh lulo's ability is why I you if said that out loud and i missed it yeah i hadn't know so while you defend or perform a primary attack, if you are stressed, you must roll one fewer defense die or one additional attack die. So basically, oh. so basically, when you're when you're stressed, you're always rolling an extra attack die and you're always rolling one less defense die. So it's you know you got to be careful with it, obviously, in the sense that you don't want to stick yourself somewhere and and have a bunch of shots coming at you and you're stressed and you have to you only get two defense die instead of three. But if you can just fly past stuff. With well, the speed of the thing, and, and also I, I feel like at least in the early game, if they're throwing shots
2: at this person, man, woman, whatever it is, and they're squid, I don't know, <laughs> um, and they're not throwing dice at Poe, I feel like I'm winning. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So if somehow this guy is the guy they they've deemed to be the most threatening. Yeah, anything, cool? anything,
1: <laughs> any any of these. If they're shooting at one, if these, if they're shooting at these A wings, then they're the A wings are doing their jobs essentially. So I'm I'm yeah I'm fine with that. Um, so I've got the squad leader on there and then the other upgrade I have on here because these things can carry two talents, um, which is, you know, like in the old 1.0 days, they had the, uh, they, the upgrade that lets them carry the extra talent slot. Um, I put, I just went ahead and put heroic just cause it's cheap. It's a one point upgrade and it's a, and it's just, and it's really just a backstop. Um, it's just, you know, hopefully preventing some of those. Well, there's, about roles. A, there's about a half a dozen people on this
2: podcast right now and 12 of them can't do math. <laughs> so, Carlos, do you want to tell us whether Heroic's worth it or not?
0: Um, so, from the X-Wing dice calculator online, <clears throat> it just looks like it adds about a 5% uh, result rate to not get double blanks.
1: Yeah. So, what is it? You go from... What so is you, it, on uh, on, on, on two of, dice, I'm sorry. On two dice attack? Yes. Yeah. So on two dice attack, whether You said it's 25% um, that you're going to roll double blanks. Right. And then it goes down and to uh,
0: 20%. Drops down to 20. And it's even less than three. So.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Three is, is yeah. I mean, and that's the thing I, you know, it's the, one of the reasons I, I'm okay with it on, on this ship. You're going to, I think, I think I'll get some benefit out of this. It's, it's going to come up not very often, but I, I translate everything up. into old math. It's a half point upgrade. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You um, know what it is, though? It's a
2: half point upgrade that keeps me from getting pissed off and having to tell stories afterward that I blanked out at the yeah. exact wrong time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The the story where I rolled, you know, even at range three, it still mm-hmm. works on what? Real, two more more. You roll all of them. So I like get yes. a range three shot against one of these. Yeah. I've blanked out could on four use, defend dice.
0: Oh, yeah. It's I'd like to not Whisper have that be a story uh, I have
1: to tell later. Yeah. What was that, Carlos?
0: I could have used it on Whisper this past tournament. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, right. But, uh, one range one shot four blanks yeah and then another range two shot three blanks yeah
1: I, I mean it, it happens it's and it's you know it's one of those things and I I know from a from a squad building kind of basic scenario this is you know this this isn't the the best upgrade in the world and it's it's not gonna it's not gonna define this list by any stretch of the imagination but like I said it's just really just a cheapness factor it's 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 cheap and I can throw it in there and at least have a little bit of insurance um, on these A wings. The other thing too is that your green dice are obviously worse even though you have three green on this thing, green are just worse in general than red. So you're more likely to come tri- come up with triple blank on green. Now this um, um
2: this upgrade you can play it on anything that has a EPT slot that's resistance? Yes. So you're know I kind want to put this on. Um uh, and I have, we're not building that list right now, so I'm totally sidetracking the whole show, but I think it'd be kind of cool on, like, a Finn Falcon, wouldn't it? So um, Basically, no. you're trying to blank out on one die, add Finn's die in there, still have a blank, and then reroll both. Does that work? Um, yeah, I think it does. Does that, does that work? That, yeah. That feels good. You have honestly. to have
1: at least two dice on the
2: table, but yeah. Yeah, but Finn's is automatically a blank, yeah. so really you're just looking at the, what, 25% chance of... I'm sorry. No, it's even more than that. It used to
0: be it? two or more.
1: Yeah, it needs to be two or more dice, but once you add Finn's dice on that... Finn's the, die, Finn's to, like die. the Falcons, uh, otherwise, you know,
2: lackluster defend die. Reroll so, on both?
1: Does that make sense, guys? Yeah, Carlos? you
0: may reroll any number of your dice. Does Ray already yeah. do that?
1: Um, I don't know. What is Ray's ability again? Have they changed it? Uh, oh, Mr. Pedusa. Yeah, Mr. Pedusa. Oh, my gosh. What is that? <laughs> Joe's asking dumbass questions. Joe, you're taking
2: us.
0: Well, in while there. you defend or perform an attack, if the enemy ship is in your front arc, you may spend one force change. Okay, so it doesn't oh, do yeah. the same Just reroll thing
2: goodness. it used to. So maybe be neat to reroll them and then change one to get results. Or yeah, well, I guess
1: it kind of helps you p- protect that force token. Uh, you know, you may not have to use it. Um, you know, if you throw heroic in there, so that's it's a thing it's at least on defense it is i mean i think on attack it's it's much 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 less likely to ever show up on her you attack know, not the, you know, actually i was about to say not with the way okay let's sidetrack one last time and then get back to the
2: point immediately thereafter i wanted to say something about like not like the way i throw dice but i've been <laughs> watching a lot of games of different games online right now and i want to give one piece of advice to all the other content creators out there nobody likes it when they're watching you play a game and you complain about your dice yeah. That's actually really super obnoxious. Like, yeah. Like I don't actually watch content to listen to somebody else complain about their dice. That's yeah. why I go to tournaments. So I can complain about my own dice. Yeah. And you're kind of stealing that from me. Yeah. The only dice so, I'll ever complain about is my own.
1: I mean, I don't care yeah, about Yeah, So yours. like,
2: <laughs> if you could knock that off, that'd be great. <laughs> I was watching somebody last night and he was like, yeah, that's just the way my dice have been going. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, not to watch any of your other videos. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> apparently
1: you suck. All right. So anyhow, um, you know, with with Lulo here. um you know, really the main reason, the, the main thing that I'm probably pretty much doing with Lulo, with Lulo is coordinating. coordinating. So that's that's another place where you can just improve Poe's um, offensive output because um, you can it, you, you just basically bring Lulo in there and it's like, hey, Poe, here's a uh, here's a focus or here's that target lock. You, you couldn't end up doing yourself. So um, it, it just extends extends ability. i mean you can obviously use it with the other a-wings if you want to help them out at a given moment in time but it will be a little weird because you'll be coordinating like before poe goes yeah you can trigger some interesting tricks well yeah because you can trigger his ability off of it so you coordinate him to give him like a focus whatever you know it's like here here's a coordinate and then he can do two actions and then do his whole reveal his dial clear his stress do his normal action Hmm. after that so it's it's an, it's another way to just get his engine going so that he can really const, he, he can const pretty constantly be doing three three uh, actions, hmm. but interesting. Yeah. All right, who we got up next? All right, next we have uh, Talison Lintra, otherwise known as Tally. Everybody's calling her. Um, So Tally is... located in Florida. Yes, it is. State capital. (laughs) Uh, While an enemy ship in your bullseye arc performs an attack, you may spend one charge. If you do, the defender rolls one additional die. So this is just kind of a nice defensive thing. Tally is one that you can kind of throw in to a, you know, throw her in as, I don't know, even as a flanker or a blocker and and, and just get those bullseye arcs uh, to help your other ships defensively out, Um, Hmm. uh, which is just kind of a nice nice little bonus um and uh, i also have heroic on tally and i also have crack shot on tally um so again this is kind of just utilizing points i'm i'm you know i know we talked a little bit about point bids earlier and a lot of people are like like you know like i said we've seen some crazy point bids going on in in the the general x Wing world um i'm i'm not really a big believer in like those crazy point point bids anymore i i've flown enough aces over the years and had to deal with with not having or with uh, with having initiative and having to move first and stuff that I've, I feel like for the most part I've gotten fairly well used to that and I can kind of I can fly around it I think for the most part I'm not going to I'm not going to get all crazy about the point bid stuff anymore so I'm just going straight to 200 and I was I was using up my slots and these little one point upgrades are are easy ways to do that they give me nice little side benefits here and there my
0: my philosophy on that if you can't win with the list without winning the initiative bid, then you should be flying it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I think you should be able to go into any game and, uh, diagnose what you're playing against and deal with the situation put in front of you and, uh, and try to, and try to win a game that way. If you, if you absolutely positively can't win a game that way with, with the list you're flying, it's, it's probably the wrong list for you. So that's, that's just my personal, personal thoughts on it. But, Uh, So I think uh, blocking
2: is a skill in and of itself. Like if you lose the initiative, you need to know how to play that matchup differently. Yeah,
1: you need to know how to block and set up things. Yeah. Um, So then the last piece of this list is just another uh, A wing Blue Squadron recruit, thirty two points, nothing on it, just another, just really just he's really the blocker. He's an initiative one. Um, So he's gonna be he's gonna be a blocker for sure. Oh, they're fantastic blockers. The amount of
2: blue that they have on there and repositions means they're really
1: yeah i mean well having having a having a 32 point initiative one ship that can double reposition have we given any thought to how we want to set up this list and how we want to fly it i mean do you flank with poe do you keep everything sort of i I think it's i I think because a a lot of the 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 point of this list is to be um is to have options and i think it's really going to be game to game i I think i'm going to I mean, that's kind of how I've always played to a certain degree. Like, I don't have a set startup. I've never played a list where I'm like, "This is the way I I set up my sh- my list every time." And You're every, not a fortress at the beginning, kind no, of. No, no, I've never played like that. So I've I've always gone into. I always go into every match and I look at what I'm playing against, and I'm like, "Okay, so this is a list I should. Uh, this is a list I can joust. This is a list I should flank. This is a list I should do this other thing with. Whatever it is, y- you know." I've always taken it as a total case by case, and and that's what I like about this list is I think it gives me the options to be case by case with mm. it. So,
2: Carlos, would you say this is this is a meta list, or would you say this is something that is in a theory crafting, need to test it out, and see what happens kind of thing? Where are you feeling with resistance in general?
0: Uh, resistance in general, I think that Poe is going to be very strong. Um, People are underestimating Ray as well. I know people are seeing that they're she's very expensive. Yeah, I think but,
2: people are seeing that she's so significantly different than her 1.0 version where they're
0: adverse to trying it. Right. Uh, more or less a nerf, if you want to call it that. Um, but I, th- I, th- I, th- I think she can still do work. And these A-wings are interesting. Um, one thing we didn't really mention was the refined gyro stabilizers.
2: Yeah, we, let's talk about that a little bit because it is really weird to have an ace with an additional arc. I mean, with, how many aces have you seen that are based on having an additional arc?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's really. I can't think of one. Yeah, it really isn't. I mean, uh, it's, you know, you have it in the. You have a couple ships now with, with resistance and first order that they've that they've given this um, movable kind of arc thing to, and that's the TIE SF and oh, this A Wing. Yeah. So now the SF always had a rear arc, so we're used to that ship having a rear arc the, the you
2: are i learned this weekend that the uh the fo and the sf are different ships yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. they are really different too yeah they are very different the S- yeah the sf is is much more is not not as maneuverable it's more tanky i mean the fo is basically just a slightly more advanced version of a regular old tie fighter but yeah the the sf is you know i mean it's got six health i mean it's i discovered that yeah, yes so it's it's a, it's a much different ship um but yeah, this rear arc ability and, and being able to choose it and move it back and forth, is um, I, I think it's super powerful on this ship. And like the speed of it, just the pure speed of the ship, just being able to get past somebody and know that you're going to be able to take the exact same attack on them is that you would out the front and not have to worry about getting shot at because you blew past them, I think is just really powerful.
2: It'll be interesting to see whether the pilot skill is a big factor on those ones because I feel like... I feel like the repositioning, you know, sort of what you have to do when you have higher pilot skill and reposition is exacerbated by the fact that you have an arc to manage at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like if... I know it won't matter that much moving it all the way to the back because a ship is unlikely to be either right in front of you or away the hell in the back of you. Yeah. But, like, the differences between you moving and then boosting or barrel rolling or moving the arc instead, mm-hmm. that maybe feels like you have more options than is healthy... You know what I mean? It's like, sometimes you have too many options. You make the wrong choice more often because there are more choices. Yeah. It's like taking a multiple choice test where there's 10 choices. Yeah. All of a sudden it ain't really multiple choice anymore.
1: Is it? Yeah. Um, but again, this is this, this to me, like I've, I've, for me, I always try to build my lists with versatility in mind. And, um, I like having my options. So, um, that's just kind of, uh, an important factor for, for my list building and how I, how I like to fly ships. So, um, Anyways, any other overall, just overall thoughts?
0: I, I think uh, for the Resistance, we also need to talk about the Star Fortress just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that it does have a front arc and the bow tie. Oh, yeah. that's you that is a huge lot of coverage. Ship. Yeah. And in hyperspace specifically, it is the only ship that can use trajectory simulators. Yeah.
2: That is a
1: fugly looking dial though yeah it's a it is a fugly looking dial but you also have a 270 degree arc <laughs> well that is the thing yes yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> um
2: gosh why would you like really hook me up with this for the weekend this looks like something i can because ship
1: with. you know i've never you, because joe you know i've never bought that ship i think one and still only. that is the one and only x-wing product that i've never purchased and i refuse to i will never purchase it you know what am Nope, because I don't ever want to have a true. You can fit center.
2: three on a list. Car- Carlos, can I borrow some of them? <laughs>
0: I have zero.
1: God! <laughs> and I want well, three. Well, may the
2: force damn both of you. <laughs> uh, okay, well, cool. Uh, gonna have to call Travis tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I
1: don't even know if Travis has any, but you can ask him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
2: Um, so, what do you want to say about that, Carlos? I mean, other than it's just, it has a 270 arc and is yeah. the only. Uh, you
0: can fit three of them. Yeah, uh, three in the list. Yeah, they're only 63 that's, uh, points. 12 health. And it, so it can play trajectory simulators and reload it? Uh, That is correct. Yeah. That is dirty. Yeah. That is yeah, so loves dirty. Coverage. Randy right there. Um, obviously, you know, I'm not saying that this is going to be something that uh, is going to win many tournaments or anything like that. Now, the 63 it,
2: points I'm looking at, though, so you can fit three of them if you just don't want to play anything on any of them, pretty much. Yeah okay, well, I'm not sure I endorse that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just depends. I, but, I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of resistance lists that contain one of these. You're going to see, like, you're going to see Poe. Yeah. Uh, you're probably going to see Poe, some like an A-Wing or two, and, and, and one of these guys. And I think that's going to be a pretty common version of the resistance.
0: I think build. Lulo with squad leader, you're going to see.
1: Lulo. Yeah, Lulo, as well. Lulo with squad leader is going to be, I think, pretty... Very popular just because it's. I mean, you're talking about a 43 point coordinator. Um,
0: yeah. High PS or. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. Initiative 5.
2: And the last thing I really want to say about those RZ2 A Wings that I really like is watching, especially Carlos and Steve's game, and actually quite a bit of Carlos and Travis's game yesterday, is that it feels like the game is at a state right now where there's going to be some some end game maneuvering where there's just two ships on the board, right? There's just two people chasing each other around, trying to arc dodge till eventually the guy that's unfortunately out front finds some way to turn around and take a shot. Right. I know. Like I said, Carlos, I know you were chasing around, uh, what was the tie silencer you had yesterday? Yeah. Blackout. Oh Oh my gosh. Blackout. (laughs) That was a headache. Like if blackout had had a rear firing arc right there, man, that game feels different.
1: Yeah, it is. It is pretty funny. That's another thing, like like you said, just chasing one of these guys being around. Being an ace with the rear arc, yeah.
2: feels good. It feels like you should be able to stay out in front and use yeah. that, utilize that arc.
1: And these guys are gonna be. I mean, if you get to a point where you need to run away with one of these guys, I don't think there's anything else in the game catching them. Uh, it's, it, you know, five five straight blue with a double reposition, um, and be and being able to do the three bank blue and double reposition is just. Now,
2: don't get me wrong. I don't want to be in that game. I don't want to be throwing two dice at you till eventually you run out of dice and just derp into taking small amounts of damage until yeah. uh, 14 minutes later we, uh, God, 14 if I'm lucky, uh, <laughs> we finish this game. That sounds horrible, but it sounds like I might walk out with a win. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah. They seem like a good ship. I'll give you that. And actually, the the Starforger seems like a good ship, too. Uh, we'll have a whole segment about that later because I'm actually kind of curious about this 270 arc you're talking about. I kinda of wanna go back to being turreted.
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 kind of the closest it's the closest thing in the game to a true turret, um, besides, you know, actually spending the thirty points for a loot gunner that you know nobody's doing. But the uh, you know, you can just set this up. So you got your three out the front, you put your bow tie side to side, and you're covering your entire front and sides. Bow tie's only two then? It's only two. So so you'll have your directly behind you is the only the only place you can't no, cover. But that's it. why
0: you bring bombs.
1: And that's why you bring bombs. With their tanks and their bombs and their bombs <laughs> and their guns. All
2: right. Well, uh the whole point of having a podcast is so we can make friends cuz I'm lonely. So um <laughs> let's take a couple of hot minutes here to plug some things coming up here so that everyone be like, "Hey, wait to call us out on the podcast and be like, "What's up?" Yeah. Um we have some events coming up. We got nothing this upcoming weekend,
1: right? On the nineteenth that we know about? Uh no, nothing Nothing in Florida particularly. We're, I mean, there's. We'll uh, be up in Atlanta for we'll Gigabytes. Imperial Assault is
2: still a game, apparently.
1: Imperial Assault is still a game for the time being. We'll see how long that lasts, but we're going to go to. At least a till this weekend, hopefully. At least through this weekend. Um, we're going to go to the Imperial Assault Regional. It's going to snow up there. That sucks. Em. That was kind of funny, actually, last time. I kind of enjoyed that in a weird way. but uh, I didn't because yeah. Gage gives terrible directions.
2: Well, and, you know, it's great driving around in the snow yeah. when Gage is like,
1: hey, turn right.
2: 45 seconds ago. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So anyways, not, Thanks, nothing, Gage. nothing, nothing particularly this weekend. Um, obviously we had our wave one championship yesterday on the 12th here in Jacksonville. Um, Carlos, you want to tell us about the, what's the going weekend on the 26th? After. Plug it, man.
0: 26, uh, Melbourne, Florida is holding the wave one championship at get your Fun on. Uh, we'll be doing the standard kit and, um, yeah, pretty excited. Uh, registration at 11. Dial's down at 12. And we'll do the uh, the basic structure. All right. Cool. I'll I to you. i they,
2: gonna, are they gonna be able to pre-register for that at all? Do you know?
0: Uh, Yes, pre-registration is open. Cool. And I think uh, it's just... You can you call. Think, is it just, just call. Yeah, just call. I, I, I
1: called a couple weeks ago and got my uh, name on the list. By yeah.
0: the
2: way, that store, if I can get an opportunity to plug that place, those guys are amazing down there. Mark that runs the place is super supportive of people actually coming in and playing games, which is awesome. I believe it's... It's a husband-wife team? Is it not? I don't, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. But do they have a they family have business? Have a, not only do they have a huge and, game uh, space, they're well stocked. They also have a comic shop that's affiliated with them and in the same building. So they have really cool collectibles for that kind of stuff, too. They are rad as all. Get out and you should go to this. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't think we're streaming that
1: one. I don't, I don't think believe so. we're doing any streaming for that. Event. I
2: think our commentator has a previous
1: commitment. So yeah, somebody's playing a Destiny tournament. That yeah, week. that's so much. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> uh So yeah, the um, you know, get your phone a great store. We've been there a number of times. They they have had a couple of different X Wing regionals we go on for their store champ every year. So it's 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 a that's a a, a trip that we kind of always go on. Um, and uh, that's how we met Carlos and. And uh, the guys down at that store, that are, there everybody's great. So we love going there, and we're gonna keep going there. And sometimes
2: wow. when we go to that store, Carlos fires the wrong ship first at a rebel captive. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <gosh. laughs> <laughs> my one <laughs> victory, I'm
1: gonna remember. like ride that till 2020. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think uh, now we will also mention that there is a uh, another deluxe wave one championship going on in in Orlando at uh, the Waterford. Cool stuff. And
2: if you're west of Orlando, I forgive you. If you're east of Orlando, come on down to get your fun on.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think uh, you know, for us, it's kind of the same distance to either one. So, but we're always going to take go to get your fun on, and that that would be our our number one store to go to for traveling for something. So, um, so that's where we're going. But, anyways, there will be an event in Orlando if you live in the city and would like to go to there on a shorter drive.
2: <laughs> rock on well gentlemen uh, this has been fun it's been real it's been fun it's been real fun <laughs> um, I'm going to do it one more time as an outro I'm going to see which one I like better but uh dials down bottoms Bottom
1: up, up.